Hi, film addicts. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in today. Today, we have a very special guest, Philip Sedgwick. Philip is an award-winning screenwriter and filmmaker with the movie Zap, 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 <laughs> and Mirage at Zabul, Provence. Philip, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Okay, and Philip, where are you um, zooming uh, from today? I am in Tucson, Arizona. Very cold and rainy and hail Tucson, Arizona today. Quite <laughs> a change, but it's, it's, it's great. What, you have hail and snow in Tucson? Yeah, we, we, we have, as a matter of fact. I mean, we get quite a, this is a, a menagerie of weather that we get over here. But the good news is, filmmakers, if you want to film in Arizona, you got about 330 days a year of sunshine. So, you know, there's always that. You're not going to have clouds and things along that line. And while we don't have a tax setup, we have unbeatable weather, weather and scenery that you can't, you can't find anywhere else in the world. Oh, that's that's amazing. Well, so that's except for like, I hope that um the hell is okay. We don't want like uh the the <laughs> the wizard of Oz to land on your house or anything. No, 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 no damage, no damage today, no damage today. So <laughs> all is good, you know. Moisture in the desert is a wonderful thing. You you might be inspired to write the next Wizard of Oz or some kind of story. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Philip, when you were growing up, was there a favorite childhood movie that um, was one of your favorites? Well, you know, it, it's kind of an odd childhood movie, but I would have to say The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. I lived in a small town in Massachusetts, and we had five movie theaters and a handful of drive-in theaters. And I guess because everybody up there was bored. And I went to see the birds with my sister and a friend of hers, and I was just blown away by how good it was, by how scary it was. And when we encountered the flock of pigeons on the way home, the movie even had more meaning. <laughs> I know. Uh, my sister and her friend did a lot of screen. The time was had by all. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. When you see a bird at the window, you're like, ah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Both the Raven, Nevermore. No, thank you. <laughs> so also, in the 80s, you used to hang out at a coffee shop in Studio City. Can you tell us about that? I did. I did. It was this wonderful little place. It was actually across the street from me, really. It's not there anymore. I tried to go there a few years ago, and it's like, oh, no. But there were, there were a lot of great people, a lot of industry people that went there, obviously, at being Studio City and all. And there was a screenwriting instructor that used to come in there. His name was John. And John was not a well man at that time physically, but he was one of the kindest people I ever met. And he, he gave me a copy of Breaker Moran. He said, okay, you want to be a good writer? You read this screenplay and you study what this guy did. And then you get the script and you flip through the pages and you watch this movie. And you will learn so much screenwriting. You'll learn more screenwriting than you could possibly know. And and it was it was amazing. It was fantastic. I absolutely loved the the, the movie. It was um, it it was an Academy Award nominee for best screenplay. Uh, Beersford uh, told me in an email once that um, you know he tried to get money from the Hollywood studios, and they said, "No, nah, a movie like that it'll never go anywhere. It'll never do anything." And he said, "All right, the heck with you guys. What do you know?" 
and uh, he found the funding and, and made the movie himself and was nominated for the Academy Award. And oh my God, what a great film. And, and, and can you tell us what it's about? It's, it's about uh, the soldiers, right? But it's not a soldier movie, right? Breaker Morant. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a court martial movie more than anything else with a lot of excellent backstory. It was based on uh, Breaker Morant was a guy in Australia who used to break horses. And he enlisted in the army during the Boer War, ended up in South Africa and became one of a few Australian scapegoats when the English needed someone that they could court martial because of, um, you know, an, an incident that went bad with uh, war soldiers. And so they court-martialed the Australians. And it was a, it's a true story. And it was uh, an excellent portrayal of, of what happened. And it was, it was, it had so many messages in it. And it was just, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Highly recommend it. I know it's not, uh, you know, one of the ones that everybody's streaming right now, but it's you know, for a writer, it's really worth watching. Yeah, and that's such a great advice to um, our listeners because we have so many people listening that are writers, directors, and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people don't have money to pay these big exorbitant fees to, to go to these schools. So sometimes, you know, watching the movie, reading the script, learning structure, characters, techniques, um, the, doing it the old-fashioned way, and a lot of people have talent. So I hope uh, I'm so thankful for those tips and appreciate those tips. And also, your teacher gave you uh, um, another, uh, gave you a copy of a book. Can you tell us about this special book? Well, he actually gave me a copy of a script. It was Dances with Wolves, and he said, "Read this and tell me what you think of this movie, of this script." And And when I got back to L.A., you know, we we met up for coffee and he said, well, what you think? And I said, well, it's going to win an Academy Award. And and he said, OK, good. You passed the test. Years later, I ran into Michael Blake, who wrote Dances with Wolves, both the book and the screenplay at the Prescott Film Festival. One of the kindest, most gentle people I've ever run into. Really, really a good soul. And um, and we talked about this. I told him the story. In fact, he signed my copy of the screenplay, and now it's on my trophy case because uh -huh. it's it's a treasured possession indeed. Oh, that's a, that's amazing! Yeah, what a beautiful film, right? Dances with Wolves, man. Just oh, just the the yeah. I mean, everything, everything. Uh, it's just and there was a Fort Sedgwick in the in the film actually. Um, I don't know how he pulled that up. I, I had an ancestor who did um, Indian war fighting in Kansas and Colorado. So maybe he ran into it that way in the history. But it's like, Fort Sedgwick, wait, <laughs> there? What are you doing using my name, dude? How cool is that? <laughs> it was destiny that you met, um, Michael Blake. Yeah. And so, so, um, so. You uh, are a writer and a filmmaker. And I was wondering, um, do you have a movie, the criterion question that inspired you onto your career path? Well, I think I think uh, I think Breaker Morant was was the first movie that really is like, okay, you gotta write. You can you can do this. And you know, when I started writing, I I was inspired to write by someone who was at uh, a student at AFI. And I was writing a novel, and my novel was about 400 pages thick at the time, and I wasn't even through what one would consider to be the first act. And 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 then I saw the size of a screenplay, and I thought, what am I doing this for? <laughs> so I started writing scripts at that point, 
And the the second screenplay I wrote, I, I ran into something called the Nickel Fellowship, which is amazing, put on by the Academy. It's a screenwriting fellowship. I sent my second screenplay, the first draft I ever wrote of that script, to the Nickel Fellowship in a quarterfinal. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to write screenplays. You are a quarterfinal and the Nichols Fellowship. Congratulations! That's amazing. That, that's thank a, you. Thank that's, you. That was uh, that was a few that was a few days ago actually, and that was before you could enter any uh, film festivals on the internet because there wasn't an internet at that at that particular time. Um, I found out about it in some magazine. It might have even been the Hollywood Reporter. And uh, and uh, by the way, if you're a, a, an aspiring writer. The Nickel Fellowship, if you even place in the Nickel Fellowship, you can write, you've got something going, and the people that run it are so kind and so helpful, and they write such good comments, and they're so supportive and encouraging. It's a fabulous, fabulous place to submit your work. Oh, that, that's good to know, and uh, because it's it's stiff competition, and, and it's a very, I would say, very tough. And if you got in there, that's like your standout. Yeah, definitely a standout. And everybody knows you can run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that's definitely. And producers will will send out emails and say if you you know, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a sanction of uh of creative merit. Yes, creative merit. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're coming live. So today's Zoom with the hail and the wind and the rain. We're kind of having a little little interference. So I hope our audience. Uh, can bear with us, but um, there's just you know so happy to have Philip here, and we will see. So you so you were um, so you writing this novel that was 400 pages in Act One, and then you decided, hey, screenwriting. Yeah, I turned into a screenplay. I'm still working on getting that screenplay out there. Um, you know, it's it's had a lot of uh, it's had a lot of interest, a lot of traction. It's um, it's a sort of an existential screenplay, and you know I had a producer ask me one time. He said, uh, "Well, it's, it's a story about an ex existential crisis. I mean, what's your audience?" And I said, "Anyone who's had an existential crisis." <laughs> oh that? I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have had one of those, or or if they or if they haven't, they're probably fixing to be. So. But we're we're working on it. We're still uh, still pushing that one forward because it's it's one that um, it's kind of my it's kind of my passion project. I love that. So how did you get into filmmaking? Like, um, how did you start? Well, uh, you know, I, I started writing. I started meeting filmmakers. I started bumping into people. And actually, the first film I made, which was Mirage at Zabul Province, I didn't actually make the film. It was made by someone else. A, a, a guy in LA, um, but he hired me off of LinkedIn. Um, interestingly, and we had a we had a great chat. And you know, I have uh, he it's a it's a bit of a war story, and I have some some history where uh, in my past where I had the um, uh, the experience of being in combat situations, and so he hired me. And I wrote this, and then um, we took it out to a bunch of festivals. We won several. We won a lot of festivals with that film. In fact, we were we got an we got a waiver from an Oscar qualifying film festival to be in competition. So we were one out of thousands. We were one of eleven out of thousands of films to be in as well an Oscar qualifier. So needless to say, we had. Uh, 
visions of sugar plums as in you know oscar trophies in our head um we didn't win that particular fest but you know we were we were certainly in consideration at oscar qualifier which it was it was thrilling and it was it was absolutely an excellent movie and because of that film i was able to you know meet other people and go to film festivals and get out there and start running into people and then this past year, uh, I, you know, it's like writers are, all, are writers, you know, and it's like they changed one of my words in my story. Who do they think they are? I mean, my God, they had the audacity to flip an adverb into the wrong place <laughs> and, and all of that. But so writers, you know, they're always uh, they're always whinging about, you know, how their script gets changed and, and they do get changed. They get changed a lot. It's part of the, the part of the thing. But I decided, well, you know what, I'm going to direct one. I'm going to direct the script. And so uh, maybe a year and a half ago, I had this dream one night and I woke up and I thought, you know what, that's a short film. And so I sat down the next day and I wrote the script and that turned into Zap. And it's a it's a short short, but it was, you know, something that I dreamt during the night. And it's, it's like it just made sense. So I submitted it to a couple of film festivals. It won the Phoenix Film Festival. And then I said, well, you know what? If it won that festival, I'm going to make this same thing. I'm going to direct it myself. This is a non-complicated shoot, so I can go ahead and, you know, bust my directorial chops on, on this particular film. So we shot that uh, this past year, COVID notwithstanding. We were at a kind of a, a late summer lull in statistics with COVID, which was good. And um, it was an outdoor shoot. It was at night and we used a minimal crew and we had a cast of one. And so we figured what the hell we're going to go ahead and shoot this film, which we did. And that's Zap is now out in the, uh, in the festival market. Oh, great. And Zap, can you tell us a little so bit? So it, it was a... Uh, Is that again, please? Yeah. Can you tell us a what is Zap about? Is that um, what genre and get a little bit, little teaser? Hmm. It's kind of an odd genre. I would say it's sort of a science fiction drama. And it is a story about an astronomer, an amateur astronomer, going out with his big old telescope. And he's going to take a picture of the galactic center as it passes overhead one night and tell everybody about the galactic center. So that's what that's what he's doing. Well, what happens is he starts being bugged by mosquitoes during that process. And so he sets up a bug zapper to go ahead and to get rid of the mosquitoes so that he can continue his filming without getting a million insect bites that night. And as he's talking about the, the galactic center that he's talking about is a black hole, and he's, he's talking about how black holes get energy from uh, the things that they consume, the bug zapper is eating all of these bugs that are flying into it and so its energy is growing and at that point i'll have to stop because the next part would be a spoiler so he's, he's out there dealing with the mosquitoes and his bug zapper and you know we shot this um, on our property here in arizona and even though we're in in tucson proper uh, we have a lot of animals like we'll have bobcats scurry across the roof at night and we have javelinas and we have lots of coyotes and so I had petitioned the coyotes, you know, I had kind of put out there to them, hey, if you guys want to get your close up, a la Nora, uh, Norma Desmond, and if you'd like to see if you can do voice work in Hollywood films, you know, come join in with our movie. And at the perfect time, at the absolutely perfect time during our filming, the coyotes chimed in. 
or a neighborhood pack of coyotes. And I mean, you can't buy sound effects this good. It was so good. It was so fantastic. And we had told the actor, you know, if the coyotes, you know, show up and if they howl, go ahead and howl with them, you know, chirp back at them, you know, engage them, encourage them to do more. And he did. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. Only in Arizona. Well, maybe California, maybe other places that have coyotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I live at Beechwood Canyon and, and the, um, at night they'd be howling. And oh. I, and everyone, um, I specifically got a, a husky because that looked like a wolf because they said that they would eat the dog. So, um, so I got a, a big husky so they wouldn't um, get her. So, yeah, uh, it's such a beautiful thing to hear them. But when they... It is, yeah. it is. And they... They, you know, it's like a, it's like a chorus, and and we have uh, one of these one of our coyotes has this most distinctive voice, and that coyote was so particularly active, you know, it was just it's, it was just great. It came out came out perfect in the sound. Sound is hard, but we um, we invested some money in post production sound to go ahead and get everything enhanced properly, and it came out great. That's wonderful. So you got your dances with wolves, sort of. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, prancing with coyotes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we were doing. Um, yeah, and and you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of the attributes of working here. It's it's you know, I mean, at the beginning of the film, we had an airplane that we had to kind of deal with in the sky. But hey, having to deal with coyotes, I'll take that any day for background noise. Yeah. And, and so uh, one of the things, um, you know, I love the, how you um, have this positivity. If you can just share this, like um, for, for for your path to continued success, um, it says that you just um, can you share some of that? Like never quit. One of your one of your mottos is yeah, never quit. You know, I I got I got mad at one point. You know, I, I was working with an actress and she knew a producer and she had this direct line to a sitcom. And we wrote a script and we pitched it and we put it out there. And while they were processing it, the guy died that, that, that was the lead in the show. And that, and then I had, you know, people come back and say, well, we only want this. And what if this and what if that? And it was just, it was kind of one of those times. And so I thought, well, I'm going to take a little break from L.A. And I wish I hadn't done that. So, you know, what I would say to anybody out there who's aspiring, who wants to write, never quit. Write every damn day. Every damn day at least put a thought on the paper, at least open up your, your, what you take notes in on your computer or in a, in a notebook or open up your, whatever program you use to write your scripts, write something, something, whatever you were thinking about, doesn't matter what it is, do that. Then the other thing is don't pay any attention to anybody else's success. You know, be glad for them. One of the things I learned by going to film festivals is, you know, I would meet a lot of writers and I'd be competing with them. It's like, hey, I like that guy. I like that gal. You know, what a cool person. And so you end up rooting for them, even though you're in competition and sometimes they win and you don't. But it's like, don't pay any attention to anybody else's success because everybody's different. Everybody's got a slightly different path. Go out there and meet people. Be interesting. Be nice. Most important, be nice. Don't be one of those people, you know, and and uh, and just meet as many dang people as you can. And it's 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 all numbers. It's like it's like selling insurance, you know, write a good script. And and then, you know, out there you're making your calls, you're making your calls, you're meeting people. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Don't pay any attention to anybody else's success. Be glad for them. You know, it creates a positive energy. Positive energy is good. It builds momentum. And it's more fun to be around people who are spewing positive energy than people that aren't. 
I love that. And then, and then I love this, that you said, after all, when it comes to snowflakes, each one is individualistic. I love that from you. I love that. Well, thank you. And it's true. And it's like, you know, everybody writes differently. Like you sit there and you read William Goldman and you think, oh, I couldn't write like that. Or nowadays, Aaron Sorkin, oh my God, the best guy in dialogue ever. <laughs> I mean, he's terrific. And Paul Haggis written brilliant, brilliant stuff. And you think, oh, I can't write that. It's like, it's not your style to write like that. Find your voice. Be who you are. Speak from, you know, it's not so much write what you know. It's find your voice, find a way that you present things, you know, and, and when you're when you're working with people, I'm consulting with a guy in London who's writing his first feature screenplay. Um, he, he packages deals is what he does. And he thinks, you know what, I can package deals. I'm going to I'm going to write a screenplay. I'm going to package it. So I'm coaching him. And one of the interesting things is how to how to guide him in terms of structuring the screenplay without tampering with um, any of his style. Because he has a quite distinctive voice, and he's and he's British, so he's got a British sense of humor. You know, sometimes I have to say, "What's that word mean?" You know, I mean, I know it's English, but I don't understand it. Um, so it's like it's, everybody is individualistic with their style. Everybody's got a slightly different voice, and and that's okay. And as such, when a snowflake lands on you know something that's warm, it's going to melt. When it lands on something that's cold, people are going to come up and say, "Wow, what an awesome snowflake!" And, you know, some readers are going to be hot to your work. Some readers are going to be cold to your work. I love that. I love that. And and um, and it's so true, like finding your voice and, and what your medium is. Some people's medium is their, their, um, their, their writer, director, producer, actor. Some people are pure writers. Some people are pure directors. Some people are pure writer, director. Some people are producers. Yeah. And um, like uh, it, and it, it's true because like during the COVID, it was uh, I was all, all alone and I was just I just said, oh, gosh, th this might be the end of the world. And let me just do what makes me happy. So I just started Enchanting Book Readings podcast, which I always do um, children's books and stories. I didn't yes. know anyone would listen to it because I, I, I wasn't famous. You know, I'm almost famous, but not famous, but no one knows my name. And it literally <laughs> hit number one around the world every week. It's ranking top 10, top 20, number one, number two. And, um, and, and so your voice, you know, whatever you do, people are going to like. So it's like, cause I see movies in the Criterion Collection and I just cry and go, oh my God, how do you do that? I could never do that. And so beautiful. They're masters. But at the same time, people like, um, certain things that you do because that's what you're supposed to do. So I love that from you and I'm learning so much from you and I'm so happy that you're on the show and, um, and uh, so do you do any hobbies out there? I mean, uh, do you have a dog in Arizona or? <laughs> well, we had we had cats and they got uh, they got elderly. So we don't have cats now. And hobbies, uh, I write. I watch uh, we watch a lot of uh, we watch a lot of content. I mean, that's one of the things to do. We just uh, we just uh, binged uh, Yellowstone, um, you know, all at once. And and. Um, you know that's kind of that's kind of a hobby. Yeah, wine might be a hobby. Um, wine, and, I like uh, that. I'm That's one of my favorite. So what? Uh, your film festival. So say that again. So the film festival in Arizona. Which festival is that again? So if uh, they come out there, they might be able to say hi to you. Oh well, that would be great. Um, I work with the Prescott Film Festival. I do screenwriting workshops for them. Um, I've had a film screen up there, well, Mirage screened up there, and uh, the director of the festival, my partner knows, has known for years, 
and so we're we're quite involved with that it's a it's a wonder prescott's a wonderful little town with lots of western history and they have a great venue um it's just a terrific festival and they get some they get a lot of good films and how you how you know that there are a lot of good films is you know a year or so later you see everything in distribution that you watched last year at that festival pretty cool yeah and so you i think you, you kind of told us some movies that are coming out but um can you let them know what movies that they how they can see your movies or where they can um co watch your movies that are coming out this year um we just put up two uh two uh, uh short films that i did and we put them on and just a second here i'm going to get the the name of the website correct it is um the flickfest.com uh f-l-i-c-k-f-e-s-t the flickfest.com and the one of the women that's involved in that, I, I met through the Burbank Film Festival a couple of years ago with a film that we had there. <clears throat> Pardon me. And she specifically asked for one of the films that we had screened at the Burbank Film Festival. So we have a couple of films up there, and there's also a lot of um, uh, film festival caliber films that are that are on that particular website. So there is that. Zap, we are currently working with... Um, uh, the film festival circuit. Uh, we're very, very early in getting responses, and we're optimistic that we'll be in our share of those. Um, so look for Zap Z A P exclamation point. Can't miss it. Um, and uh, I'm working on a couple of the projects that I can't really uh, get into much right now, but uh, there will be more things where um, I'll be in the I'll be in the written by credit. Yeah, and so so they can um find out about zap the film because you actually have a website zap the film.com so that's zap the film.com and also Correct. they can check out your work at philipsedwick.com so um to see your spectacular work and learn about Philip you hmm? oh philip c yeah, sedwick that's right um yep. philip c sedwick and that's at, well they can see it in the thing but it's s-e-d-g-w-i-c-k.com well philip I am just so happy that you've come on the show today. And just thank you so much for um, sharing with us. It was a fabulous, uh, fabulous um, speaking with you today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, despite the hail and the technical difficulties it produced, we got it. We got it done. <laughs> yes, we did. This is live recording with Zoom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. So thank you for tuning in, everyone. And we will uh, see you next week.